Josh, you watched the session yet? Oh, yes, I did. Fantastic, <laughs> as usual. I mean, that's the only way the show could have gone. If it went any other way, I'm not sure if Raj has seen it yet, but I want to give too much away, obviously. But... Oh, I've seen it. Okay. Yeah, if it went any other way where, like, one or two of the kids went along with uh, Mr. Roy there, I don't think that the show would have went on in the way that it needs to. Yeah. Yeah. Who sent the donuts? I don't know. That's a good question. You know, I actually heard, uh, so Raj and I talked about this yesterday. Um, I actually heard a, like a theory today that it was actually Roman that sent it. Really? Like he sent it. Actually. Yeah, because he was there uh, like to represent the, what's his name the whole time, right? Like the old man. And okay. we kept like, oh, yeah. kept spouting his allegiance, came there without the, he wasn't invited. So the idea was for him to like break the shit up anyways. So. Yeah, ultimate power move. It could have been, yeah. I honestly, it's either like it, obviously there's only a few people it could have been, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was Tom. It's also interesting to know who, how many donuts there were. If it was like two donuts or like four or five, like you know, like man, you're getting deep into it. It's like yeah, those man. people that uh, took a screenshot of Shiv's phone at the very start of the episode. And yeah. uh, when it was Logan that called her and it shows up as Saddam on yeah. the screenshot. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, that was genius. Nice touch. It's uh, also nuts too because that whole, like pretty much the whole episode was in two like, areas. It was in Logan's war room and Kendall's war room. The whole episode. Like two well, scenes. Other than when Greg was there with his grandfather, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Greg was like oh, a big city. <laughs> that whole storyline was so funny. <laughs> the girl oh, here's with us, like, yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm just studying law right now. I don't really have any answers to your questions right now. <laughs> you first semester, is this guy my lawyer? Uh, what do I do? <laughs> so, do I choose you or do you choose me? <laughs> What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Hoops Corner. I'm your host, Peter Tran, and on the line, the baby daddy, the Iceman himself, the Mr. No Food in 24 Hours, Josh Cohen. How you doing? This is my flu game. This is the flu game podcast now. (laughs) God, I hope not, man. Are you hungover like Mike? You been smoking cigars all night? Maybe. I got a pizza sent here, too. (laughs) Oh man, the banger in the paint, our residential medical expert back from his, uh, I don't know what you were doing out there in Alberta, I'm going to assume climbing the Rockies, you know, just slipping all over the place. Rajan Walia, how you feeling? You know what, I don't even know what I was doing in Calgary, but uh, what I do need to know is how to get my fantasy team revived, because I am in the <laughs> cellar, like dead deep, buried. I, I, I don't even know how bad my ranking is. I don't think I can get any worse. So I, I'm, I'm here. Maybe I don't even know anything about basketball. Well, that's that's sad. Josh, do you know where Raj <laughs> stands in our fan? So Raj is joining us this year. Do you know where he stands in our league? I'm going to guess 10th. Uh, yeah. Good guess. <laughs> Out of 10 Good teams. guess. Hey, hey, so- I was hovering around 9th yesterday, but uh, dropped down back to the cellar. Ooh. Big man, 9th spot. My goodness. Hey, 
in my defense, I didn't know this. I didn't review the scoring until after the draft and was a bit surprised. And I also whooped Peter's butt last week uh, in this other league we're in. So I, I'm going to have to take that minor victory. I mean, enjoy it. Enjoy it. All of our fans are going to be wondering what other leagues we're talking about. But the real ones know, right, Josh? Absolutely. The one that really matters is, you know, it's all that matters, that one. Yeah, man. Right, let's get to it. We're about a week into the season. Oh, we are just over a week into the season, right? We're recording Thursday evening. And a lot's happened. And, uh, I mean, I think we have to start with John Morant just becoming apparently the best scorer in the world, right, Josh? I mean, is there anywhere else to start with this? I mean, coming off a fantastic playoff series, he's uh, he's made the leap. That's for sure. I sort of see his progression the same as I saw. They're not the same player, obviously, not even close. But Chris Paul's progression in uh, season three is when his career really took off. When he added a jump shot, especially the three point shot, and so far John Morant's shot the three pretty well in the first couple games. Obviously, it hasn't really opened up his game that much because teams don't really truly respect him yet. But it's getting there, and if he's hitting four to five threes like he did in the game against the Lakers, he's going to be truly unstoppable, and then it's just a matter of surrounding him with talent, which, you know, the Grizzlies have a good core around him, but um, they don't have that second guy as of yet. I think Jaron Jacks is more of a third guy. Sounds like they could use Dylan Brooks, eh, Rush? <laughs> yeah, they could. Uh, Josh's favorite Canadian. Um, but yeah, no, John Morant, he's obviously averaging 35 points. Obviously, it's early on in the season. Um, but he has taken that leap. I think the leap was really last year when they were making their playoff push. Um, that's when we can kind of credit his development and getting rid of JV gives him more space to maneuver. They surrounded him with other players that complement him well. And I, I think the main thing with Ja, and this is probably a, a lot for, a, this is true for a lot of young players is just staying healthy. Like if he stays healthy this year, um, he's probably going to be the favorite for most improved player. Yeah, I could see that. He like his game is oddly reminiscent to young Derrick Rose, right? Like, obviously, we remember, we want to remember prime Derrick Rose, like MVP season Derrick Rose, not post injury Derrick Rose. But the, the the games are so similar, right? Like they're super explosive, great teammates, have that like that big cojones energy at the end of games. And it's every year it's a steady improvement, right? Like, if you guys remember, Derrick Rose's jump shot steadily got better and better every year. Until, you know, obviously the injury derailed everything. But, you know, it's like, it's oddly similar. And just like the the viciousness of their attacks alone is obviously the easiest way to compare it. But I see a lot more Derrick Rose and John Morant than I see like guys, you know, other athletic point guards like John Wall or Russell Westbrook, you know? Yeah, because the way they contort their bodies in midair and just the, how smooth they are getting to the basket and, you know, making those Euro steps and quick moves when there's one guy in front of them and just getting around them every time by any means necessary. Like John Moran had a couple moves against the Lakers against Bazemore where he stopped on a dime. Bazemore stayed in front of him, gave him a little pump fake, and then he went up and under. And that's something that wasn't in his game two years ago. So I think the footwork aspect, um, John Morant's really tuned in this year and he's able to make moves where he's not going straight on into contact. He's more so finding different ways to get around it, which has really helped him, you know, make a bunch of these crazy acrobatic layups, not as hard this year. 
He's still going to try. We know it. It's He's going to try to catch a body or two. It's just a matter of time. Um, but what, what's interesting with this team is uh, I, I think Memphis, like any young team, they have to start off the season, let's say, in the first 20 games. They have to be above 500 um, for them to really make that playoff push. If they end up like... 8 and 12, 7 and 13 if if that happens. I could see them kind of having another lackluster season and uh this is probably the year where they need to make the playoffs and at least have a good series um just to get their young players some experience and I think Dylan Brooks coming back will actually help. Uh he's a a good defender and uh he actually had a a good end of season last year as well, so um honestly the Grizz are back I would say I'm gonna say but uh we'll see if John Moran stays healthy and one other change they made is putting Kyle Anderson on the bench and they surrounded Jaw with a couple of three-point shooters with Melton and Desmond Bain who's had a really good start to the season besides last game and you just wonder if they're gonna bring Dylan Brooks back into the starting lineup which you would think they would but there's so many guys on this team you just think that they're Sort of like the Raptors, where like you think that they're going to make a trade eventually to package a bunch of these guys in for one guy. Uh, yeah, they're kind of like the Raptors, except they're much better than the Raptors, right? <laughs> Come on, man. are they though? Yeah, J- Josh is still uh, sipping that Kool Aid, and by Kool Aid, I mean Pedialyte. So, uh, but we'll we'll let him uh, have a week, and then uh... hold on, no, no, no. I'm not letting him get away with this. You really think that the Raptors are comparable to the Grizzlies this year? Why not? The Raptors are what two and three right now. Memphis is two and two, two three and two. and two right now. They're both yeah, going to be in the eight to ten range, most likely. You would think, right? Oh my god. Okay, Let, let's go through this, Josh. I'm I'm not letting you get away with this. That's absurd that you would think the Grizzlies are the same as the Raptors are this year, man. I think they're in the same spot in their conference. I think they're both going to be playing teams. I don't think. I mean, Memphis could potentially get in the top six if everything goes right, but. I think they're both in the playing contention. <laughs> the Raptors have lost to the Wizards, Bulls, and Mavericks. Okay, so they're two and three. All playoff teams. The Grizzlies teams right have now. lost. Sorry? All playoff teams. <laughs> the undefeated Bulls. <laughs> yeah, sorry. And the three and one Wizards. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Oh, wow. I-, I guess I have to take everything back because the Grizzlies have only beaten the Clippers and the Cavaliers. Mm-hmm. Who apparently are the best team in the Eastern Conference other than the Chicago Bulls. There you go. The Cavaliers, low-key, might be actually the most exciting team in the league to watch with Evan Mobley. Just saying. <laughs> okay, hey, Peter, saying. now you're getting... Yeah, up. that's blasphemous. Peter, you've been sipping... Yeah, you're <laughs> sipping the same thing Josh is. Uh, I, I would say the Memphis... Yeah, I would say the Memphis Grizzlies are a better team than the Raptors. I think the difference isn't as big as what... Um, people may think i think the raptors are still very competitive and if they have all their guys playing they play a style of basketball that's very frustrating to play against like they're super defensive they kind of throw a lot of bodies at you they're pretty deep um so i can see the similarities but come on josh let's keep it moving hey once yakum comes back that lineup's gonna be nice and as uh, <laughs> as zach levine said damn those boys are long <laughs> <laughs> Did he actually say that? He said something else. They, like during that game, the sideline reporter reported on it um, during the halftime, and she was like, yeah. "Yeah, I heard Zach Levine in the uh, the hallway as uh, as he was coming out after you know the buzzer sounded. He's like, expletive. Those boys are long. He couldn't even say what he said, obviously. So it's pretty funny. 
<laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, I like it. I like Zach Levine, man. Whoever has Zach Levine on their fantasy teams, continue to thrive. Indeed. <laughs> All right, Josh. Let's keep it moving, man. Give me, give me something you're you've been noticing in the league so far this week. I think the number one trending topic around the NBA right now has to be talked about first, and that's free throws. And just the way the referees are, you know, officiating the games right now, because it's way funner to watch. The product is so good right now because you're watching these games and the players are going to the basket and trying to draw these BS fouls. Like you saw Harden yesterday. There was a thread that I sent you guys that um, had four different plays that he would have got the call on last year. And the last play was when he uh, was able to get Bam Adebayo off his feet on a dribble move. And Harden had the angle on him. He could have just went to the basket and potentially got a layup or pulled up for a floater. But instead, he jumped into Bam Adebayo's airspace as Bam was trying to catch up to him, threw his body into him, and the referees didn't fall for his little move where he brings his arm up into the defensive player, making it seem like Bam was grabbing him, and then throws a ball to the rim, and there was no call. But there was a bunch of other ones in the first half where he just like tried to get the bump on the players, and he just wasn't getting the calls, and then... It brings up a bigger point about Harden, too. We can talk about this, too, is that is he washed or is the rules (laughs) just are the rules making him change his game to a point where he's going to have to adjust? How long is that adjustment going to take? Uh, (laughs) Yo, calling James Harden washed at like 31 or 32 years old is just. Have you seen his stats this year? Uh, I mean, He's Josh, awful. your 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 box scoring, Josh, your box scoring. How am I box I, I scoring? Think... Okay, here's a stat for you. Okay, with KD and Harden last year, the offensive rating of the Brooklyn Nets, I believe, was at 129 per 100 possessions. Guess what it is this year? Just with those That's two guys. Without Kyrie. Floor. Yeah, without Kyrie. Okay, it's probably 103. Peter. 95. <laughs> And KD is better than he was last year thus far. So, obviously, there's a big issue there, and it's not KD. Yeah, but for me, I, I'm not going to take any stock into what Josh is trying to sell here. Um, I, I agree the product's better. I think that players will have to adjust. Even the teams that are more physical, like the Raptors, um, they even mentioned Fred Van Vliet came out and said that, like, there's more physicality, like they're allowing a lot more, like we have to adjust, like a lot of calls that we were getting last year, we're not getting, and both teams have to adjust. I think Harden as well, like I think with him, he's a player that probably didn't put on as much effort in the offseason, especially because he's a consistent player year in, year out. I think he's just going to take time to get some rust off and obviously adjust to the rules. I still expect him to score at least averaging 20 points a game. He's going to have more of a role of a facilitator on this Nets team if we've talked about it. Um, so overall, I don't think he's washed. Maybe does his, do his stats take a step down? Yeah, is he going to win another scoring title? No. Why would his stats a f- take a step down, though? The guy's 32 years old and should still be in the prime of his career. He was averaging 25 points last year despite being a facilitator. I think his injury last year has still lingered because the guy doesn't work out enough in the offseason. You can see that he's fat. And uh, yes. that's yes. a big part he of is, it. He looks like he's still on the Houston Land of Vegas tour. Like still, a year after he did that last year in training camp. He still looks the exact same. Like it's unbelievable. 
And he's gonna have to play himself into shape. Yeah, yeah, that's that's not great. <laughs> Especially when you're playing as much as he is too. That just you're just risking injury by not being in shape, right? Like especially on back to backs, it's not a not a good thing. Especially with a hamstring <laughs> injury too. Please, okay, I sent you guys this link, but go to our chat and click on it. Look at James Harden's uh, thumbnail picture on Basketball Reference. My guy is legitimately fatter than Rick Ross in this picture. He's chunky. Like fat, no, he's fatter than fat Rick Ross, Raj. <laughs> Come on, like, man. He's chunky. He's the, the beard hides it a bit, but that, that face is chunky. Like He's had his fair share of trips ahoy. Yeah, I was going to say, do you think that's just a long play by Harden to you know start the whole beard thing early in his career, knowing that eventually he's going to get really fat? So to condition the people that are looking at him to know that, you know, oh, it's just a big beard. No, but he has like five layers underneath no man the beard doesn't the beard doesn't cover it like i don't know what you're talking about saying that the beard helps but in that photo it does man (laughs) doesn't it makes it look worse man i'm telling you he looks much worse with the beard anyways i don't think james harden that you can say that he's washed but he's definitely depleting right and it doesn't help that one he hasn't figured out a way to uh sort of accommodate the new or the lack thereof foul calls right so the new ways that the refs are officiating letting a lot more contact go he just hasn't figured it out there are other players who are going to figure it out right like jimmy butler is a guy who got to the line consistently last year trey young same thing but these are guys who sort of pivot the way that they play right so you you work around it or you draw different types of contact harden's way of you know leaning himself into the defender isn't going to work anymore and I, I don't think he's washed. I think that's a little a little much to say, Josh. Like washed is like Lance Stevenson in the G League. That's washed. He's not nearly that bad. Well, if he does he's get back into game anymore. shape soon, I think we can consider him to be washed. I think he's putting up these stats. Oof. Well, but I don't think you can say he's washed because of his weight until like halfway through the year. At that point, you'll really know if he's worked it off or if he's just like perma perma chunky. And if he doesn't get back in the same form as last year, like Brooklyn may not make it out of the first round, let alone get to the conference finals or finals. No, no, but Kyrie's going to come back, man. Just watch. <laughs> hey, they might change the Let's mandate in New York. You never know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll see about that. I just felt like we hadn't talked about Kyrie enough, you know, so I wanted to bring up his name. <laughs> also, <laughs> just quickly on uh, the note that I brought up, um, in spite of field goals attempts, uh, two-point field goal attempts, and three-point field goal attempts all being up so far, there's more shots in general the first four to five games of the season. Scoring is down about 3.3 points per game, and the number of fouls is actually up slightly, but field, uh, free throw attempts are down by 1.8 shots per game. So I think there's a lot of adjusting going on around the NBA. It's because there's all these jump shooters. Everyone's taking jump shots and not attacking the lane anymore. You that's, can see that's it, what though. There's, say, there's right? a massive difference now they call the games now. Like, all these plays going to the basket. Like, these players are not getting those little bump calls, which is fun. I love it. Yeah. It's it's exactly what we needed to sort of reset it, right? Hopefully it continues. Hopefully it's not just a five-game thing. Yeah, that's the worry. Like, if the pendulum swings this much in this season, if they don't stay consistent, it'll be all for nothing. Um, cause I could see the NBA being like, Hey, we need our top guys scoring a lot and we want our superstars to have crazy totals and all that jazz. So 
I hope they keep this consistent throughout the regular season and playoffs. It'll make for a hell of a um, hell of a good uh, NBA season. I think the games have been really competitive. Like we've seen some great games in the first five. Um, that's Bing pretty much kind of. <laughs> Bing bong. Yeah, that, I'm going to have to talk about the New York Knicks, but I'm not really going to talk about the Knicks per se. I'm going to talk about the Boston Celtics because even though that game was a hell of a game and it was what the first game of the season, I think, for the Knicks um, and great double overtime thriller and, you know, the Knicks are winning the championship after that. The Celtics just look like the same exact team. Like on offense, they have no continuity. They have no playbook. It's It's really like... Hey, Jason Tatum, it's your time to take it up the court, your time to ISO and get to the rim and get your best shot. Jalen Brown, it's your time. And it, it's like they have no movement. And um, we talked about Brad Stevens and we talked about Kemba being in and out of the lineup and COVID this and that. Like, they're running out of excuses. Like, maybe they just have a bunch of superstars, um, but they don't have a great team. And this is a, a team that I think even I predicted that they would still have a a good winning season, probably make the sixth seed, but now I'm having my doubts about them. I don't know. I, I think that they'll figure it out as the course that the regular season goes on. But the biggest thing is they don't have a true point guard that gets them into actions and gets these guys a ball in the right spots. They're having to do too much of themselves. And especially late in games, as you mentioned, it's just mostly Tatum uh, just taking over the ball and taking these shots and Brown just standing in the corner, just standing on the wing doing nothing. So I think they have to figure out that part late in games. But having Schroeder in there too sort of takes the ball away from those guys late in games. And Yudoka doesn't want to play Horford with Williams a lot. You can see that because he's played one or the other in crunch time over the course of the first four or five games, however many games they've played so far. Like yesterday, he played Horford at center in the last five minutes of the game. And previous games, he played Williams because Horford was out. So it seems like he still trusts Horford more when Horford's in the lineup. But um, they don't really have a true power forward unless you want to call Jalen Brown or, you know, Jason Tatum a power forward, which in today's game, I guess you could, but they just need somebody else like a Jay Crowder. <laughs> it's true. Jake, or remember when they had Marcus Morris? Marcus Morris was like the perfect four for this team, right? Like a sort of like a, just, you know, a dick. <laughs> just an asshole like a 6'10 asshole who can hit threes that's pretty much all they need <clears throat> and you're right like a, a real point guard because Marcus Smart despite you know how amazing he is on defense being a glue guy for the team he's not a facilitator right like he can set up a play but he can't get impromptu action started right like he's not going to be that guy that penetrates and dishes he sort of just chills in the corner and waits for his turn and you can see it. He's shooting 25% on the year. That is rough. I don't think Marcus Smart is going to shoot 25% from the field all the year. Like, that's obviously absurdly low. But this team, like, the offense is very similar to the last couple of years, right? It is Jason Tatum's turn, Jalen Brown's turn, back to Tatum for a couple of possessions. Occasionally, you'll see, like, a pick and roll with Schroeder and Horford or pick and roll with Schroeder and Robert Williams. And then back to it, the same thing over and over again. It's... It's kind of weird. Like, sometimes I wonder if they need Jason Tatum to be more than just, like, a, a, like score. a scoring superstar, right? Yeah. Like, something more than what Paul George or Kawhi Leonard is because of the type of team that they've assembled around him, right? Like, he needs to be someone who can actually move the rock rather than a guy who just isos all the time. 
Yeah, they, they, they honestly now, like we laugh now, but um, Kyle Lowry is kind of a player that a lot of the top teams would love to have. And it's funny because maybe four or five years ago, there's a lot of good facilitating point guards and there wasn't as many good scoring point guards or like the sc- scoring point guards were the ones that were in demand. But now it's all about the facilitating ones. Uh, like you look at the Celtics, uh, you look at a team like the Lakers, you like, obviously you can't say Russell Westbrook's a facilitator, um, but <laughs> Miami, Miami got their facilitating point guard. Philly needs a facilitating point guard. Uh, like there's a lot of teams in the NBA that need a, a, a player that only needs to score 15 points, but needs to be able to get others in good positions to score. Yeah, it sounds like next in line may be uh, Fred Van Vliet if the Raptors decide to go full rebuild because he would be in high demand if come trade deadline. I mean, he's probably up, right? Like, can you really see the Raptors keeping the the, the veterans there much longer between Van Vliet, even Siakam? Drogic is obviously has one foot out the door already. Is there even a point to keeping like these veterans? I don't think it's about veterans. I think the Raptors are just slowly transforming into the 6-9 and up team. I don't think they're gonna have any player on the floor next year that's less than six foot seven. If I had to guess, I think Scotty Barnes is gonna be their point guard next year, and uh, they're just gonna <laughs> surround him with a bunch of six seven plus dudes, and then just be Raptors out there, just be all over the place chasing after the ball. <laughs> I was gonna say, who are they gonna get? MCW to be their point guard? <laughs> ben Simmons. Ben Simmons. Yeah. Man. Oh, okay. Yeah, now we're talking. Yeah, Freddie to, to to Philly, not bad. <laughs> I would like that team other than Fred and Seth Curry in a backcourt. That'd be awful. <laughs> yeah. Defensively. So what has interested you so far, Peter? You mean other than John Morant? It has to be my uh, my prediction from the offseason, guys. The Chicago Bulls. I told you they're going to make the playoffs. And so far, they have started 4-0, my friend. Okay, making oh the playoffs my. doesn't mean anything. You got to go a little bit higher than that. You got to say they're going to be like top Why? four seed They were like the 11th or 12th seed last year. Making the playoffs alone, like 8th seed and higher. Not yeah. play-in tournament and then playoffs, but like... So 6th seed and higher. Come on. Mm, yeah, okay, on, yeah whatever. I'll take it. I'll go, yeah, I'll go yeah. with it. Yeah, yeah give, me the, jo- give me the balls in the 6th seed. Josh, you're not getting Peter where it hurts. They're four and zero, but just name the four teams they beat, please. Oh, just it's, please it's do wonderful. that. Well, they it's, barely uh, beat the Raptors. Raptors should have won that game. Two Cade Cunningham-less Detroit Pistons games, and a Zion Williamson-less uh, Pelicans team. That's right. And the Raptors, which they beat However, by like three points. Same thing I said about when uh, when the Warriors won their. Sorry. Same thing I said with when the Warriors won their title in 2015. 15? 16? One of those years. 15. 15. Yeah, yeah. You only play who's who you're put up against. It's not the Bulls' fault that the, the record like or the uh, the schedule makers put them up against these four teams. You know? You just play who's on your schedule, and that's it. And the most hilarious part is that the Bulls actually have the fourth best defense in the league right now. For a team with DeBarn, DeRozan on that, uh, and... Nikola Vucevic? Yeah, but again, that's based on the teams that they played so far, right? Doesn't matter. Joe. Yeah, like continuity, the, the my real... friend. This is how you. This is how you build a team. You play a bunch of scrubs, and then you get confidence together, and then you learn to work together. 
Let, let me tell you their next 15 games, and then we're going to come back to this in a couple weeks, okay? Sure. You got sure. the Knicks tonight. That's a playoff team. Jazz, obviously. Celtics, 76ers. Uh, twice, actually. Nets, 76ers Mavericks. 76ers might be the worst team in the East right now. I'm just saying. Oh, Relax. Jo- hold on, hold on, hold on. Who looks more washed up right now, Joel Embiid or James Harden? Well, James Harden. Yeah. For sure. Think about it. <laughs> you have to think about it though. For Joel Embiid, a former uh, like an MVP candidate last year, to be this washed up already. Yo, he has a Probably. knee injury. A knee injury that uh, James Harden care. had a hamstring injury. <laughs> he should <laughs> not be playing right now. Like he's only playing because they have nobody else. Because if he's sitting out, they just have no chance. Yo, he needs to sit so I can pick up Andre Drummond for my fantasy team. Mm. <laughs> Drummond puts up stats when he plays. That is true. But uh, you, you can continue naming off random teams after Philadelphia. All right. So <laughs> just quickly, let's see how many playoff teams are playing now in the next 10 games. Uh, 10. And then you got the Knicks again. Pacers, which probably not going to be a playoff team, but you never know. And then they got the Rockets and Magic. So the next 10 games are playing all playoff teams. So we'll see how they come out of that. But the one thing you can take away from their first four games is that the continuity looks good. The chemistry looks good. The lineups work. Like they've been playing Lonzo and Caruso together um, when they've had a couple close games. And their defense has been good because of those guys. And they've been able to sort of cover up, you know, Nick Vucevic's uh, discrepancies on defense, I guess you could say. But uh, the lineups just work with Caruso in there. Like he's just a good player. You know what I've learned the most off of this team? DeMar DeRozan might be the best small ball four in the league. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> okay, you're wrong, Peter. Tell me Peter. I'm wrong. No, you man. are wrong. Four and oh. I don't care who you're playing against. DeMar DeRozan's still hitting big shots. And uh, you... they're actually playing that all-guard lineup with, with Vucevic, which is like oddly... Entertain, not entertaining to watch, but like oddly successful. Yeah, they're actually using Vucevic in a way that makes sense now, and he's not posting up all the time and just taking up space on the low block. He's actually playing a role he should be playing, which is a shooting big and then getting offensive rebounds. And, you know, he's not putting up the crazy stats he was last year, obviously, but he doesn't need to on this team. And, uh, you know, it's nice to finally have a Chicago-New York matchup that actually matters for the first time in... <laughs> 25 years <laughs> since the midnight <laughs> or late 90s yeah i'm excited <laughs> for tonight's game it should be fun yeah but like i think this has to be said with every team we talk about today obviously most teams have played three or four games uh, i think in the nba it's 15 games and that will tell you your trajectory of your team uh and right now i, I think the chicago bulls will be a playoff team because a lot of the teams are in the East are either going through rebuild or they're probably not going to hit expectations. Um, but like Chicago, they, they still have some question marks and it's mostly on the defensive end um, and how they're going to get some some scoring with if they end up playing like Williams there. He's not really known as an offensive player. Teams will play off of him. Obviously, Lonzo's improved his three-point shot, but will teams like uh, really still give him respect there or play off of him. I I think there's a lot of questions for this Bulls team. So I wouldn't be surprised that after 15 games, they're going to be like nine and six. They're going to calm down a little. If they're nine and six, they're good though, based on the team. That's amazing. Yeah. You'd be happy with that. Well, they started off four and oh, so they'll, they'll end up going five and six in the next 10 or 11. 
that's pretty good based on the teams that they're playing, honestly. If they go 500 against the next 10 teams, I think that's a win for them. And they oh, might they actually will. be yeah. in the top six in that case. They will go 500 in the next 10. I don't know about that. I'd probably take that action. Guaranteed! <laughs> Woo! <laughs> All right, Josh, keep, let's keep it moving here. I think we have to talk about the Lakers and how terrible they are. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, come on. I, I got to I gotta do, like, a lap now. I got to, like, take my victory dance. Because the Lakers are not going to make the playoffs this year. I said it before the season started. And they're just proving me right. I mean, the fact they couldn't even beat OKC without LeBron James. <laughs> I know they're playing on a back-to-back, but it does not matter. Who cares? OKC has, Who like... Cares? What three, four NBA players, like legit NBA players? <laughs> OKC is trying to lose, and they were up twenty six <laughs> points in that game. And then you got James Worthy after the game, just tearing into the Lakers, which is so funny to watch. Did y'all see the end of the game when they had three chances to tie the game, and this they <laughs> off off of an inbound play. With 30 seconds left, they're down by three. They wanted to go for like a two for one situation, but they're down three. And they end up having Russell Westbrook do a pick and roll with kind of AD, but uh, Dort was trying to go under. Russ had the open three. He bricks it back rim, like hard. You, you, I almost heard the backboard from here. Then uh, they ended up getting the rebound. OKC fumbled kind of the next uh, inbound play. Then Malik Monk decides to go one-on-one, pull up three, air balls it out of bounds. Like air balls it to a point where no one can rebound it. Josh Giddy ends up turning the ball over. Rookie mistake. And Carmelo catches it in stride. Top of the key. Three-pointer. Air balls it. This is your LA Lakers. Yeah, it's a microcosm of the season. <laughs> and I told you oh, guys God. before the season started, Westbrook just does not fit on a team where he just doesn't have the ball in his hands all the time. And even when he does, he still sucks. He's a bad player now. <laughs> He's not efficient at all. He turns the ball over more than anybody in the NBA. And he can't shoot. So what does he do well? Like, when he goes to the basket, he's fine. But when you're playing a center with him, it doesn't work. You can't play DeAndre Jordan and Dwight Howard when (laughs) Russell Westbrook's on the court. And they have to because they have four guys out right now. Plus LeBron, you know, last two nights as well. And their lineup continuity just isn't there. And he just doesn't fit at all. Like, even when LeBron comes back, they're not going to figure this out. It's not going to work unless they just play AD at center, you know, the entire season. They have to get through the season first to make the playoffs. So once they do, like, maybe it'll work since they'll play AD at center in the playoffs, but they want to make sure that he actually plays in these games. Because if he doesn't play, they're totally screwed. The the Lakers are going to make the playoffs, Josh. We would like to think they won't. They won't be a top four seed. uh, And Russ will have to come off the bench. That's the reality of it. Yeah, good luck with that. No, 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 no. He will never... Okay, what I mean come off the bench is he may start the game. And That's start not coming the off the bench play- then. <laughs> yeah, but but is he really a starter if he plays like three minutes and then gets subbed and then plays like the yes, last? Yes, he started the game as a starter. Minutes? Yes. Oh yes, my yes. God, but that semantics. This means That's everything like- to player. Look at Carmelo when he went to Houston. He's like, no, I'm not coming off the bench. <sighs> to OKC. OKC. Well, Houston OKC. too. Oh yeah, fine. But... I understand what you're saying, but no, man. The Lakers are so... They'll be like a play-in team, like last year. And then the NBA will be happy because they're in, like, a do-or-die situation. And then, you know, LeBron will go God mode again. And then they'll make the playoffs and then get crushed again. 
by somebody at the top of the West, and it'll be great. It'll be hilarious for all of us to watch. Um, I have a question for you guys. What's more annoying to watch? James, uh, we're just shitting on James Harden a lot here, but James Harden hunting for free throws or Anthony Davis falling down on every second possession? I think that's an easy one. Whatever you said second came, doesn't even come close to the first one. Obviously, James Harden hunting for fouls is the most annoying thing in the NBA. And again, it's not a surprise that his numbers are plummeted despite him possibly being injured because he got like 50% of his offense from free throws from his points, right? Over the course of his career, it's around that mark. And now he gets three free throws a game and he's averaging 15 points a game. Not surprising. I, I was trying to just take a shit on Anthony Davis always falling down and hunting for fouls also. I, I feel I feel bad for the dude. Like, I don't know if he like... No, no, I, I really do. Because like, I feel that like at least three times a game, I see Anthony Davis fall down. I'm like, he fell down like he was like a feather. And then you're like, he kind of looks like he's getting up gingerly. And like, is he actually hurt? Like, is he made out of glass? And I, yes. I, I, I yeah, I, I think he is. That That's probably confirmed. But like, I, I just, I, I think Harden's more annoying. But oh my God, Davis, like, there's there's moments in the game where, like, I think Josh Giddy can uh, knock down Anthony Davis if he wanted to, if he's trying to box him out. <laughs> yeah, it's it's sad, man. Honestly, also, Anthony Davis making top 75 of all time is, like, a travesty. How absurd is that shit? Well, he's going to be eventually, but yeah, right now, probably not. No, he's not. I, there are no guarantees in this game, Josh. What happens if he gets injured? Honestly, I don't think any of those white <laughs> players from the 70s should be in the top 75 anyway. So. What they did is they took the top 50 from 25 years ago, and then they added 25 players. No, yeah. they didn't. No, they didn't. There are a, bunch, sure there are a did. few players. No, there are a few players who they took off of that list. Because it's like re-voted on. Yeah. By uh, media members this year. Whatever. Okay. Uh, my whole point is that Anthony Davis hasn't really done anything without LeBron. And it's only been two years, so how the hell is this guy a top 75 player? Come on, man. The other thing, too, with Anthony Davis, he looks bigger this year. And you can see in the first couple of games, like, he was winded. So I'm not sure if he just gained too much muscle over the course of the offseason. But he's put up stats this year, obviously, but, like, he doesn't look like the same quick player so far. He's uh, he's eating too many ruffles with King Botch or whatever that dude's name is. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> There's something beyond Josh's uh, scope. King Bosch? Yeah, this is off the court. Is that Chris Bosch's new name? You remember Vine? Remember Vine, Josh? Yeah. The platform? Yep. He was one of those like those guys that got really famous off of Vine. Oh, this is incredible. You don't know who this dude is. That's yeah, awesome. let, let, let's move on really before Josh dates himself. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> what is Vine? All right, Raj. Yeah. Keep it moving. All right. Well, another topic. Uh, are the Charlotte Hornets a playoff team? And are they possibly one of the most exciting teams? Because if you just look at the games they've played in, I think they've scored a minimum of like 120 points or so um, per game. Uh, and like if John Morant ends up getting hurt, I think Miles Bridges is in the lead for most improved player. Like he's really taking a big step forward um this year and i'm i'm honestly looking at this team as must watch tv and i'm excited for their game tomorrow against the heat i'm a non-believer i think that they may be a playoff team this year but their fast start is just 
them coming out of the gates and playing way faster than everyone else and older teams not wanting to, you know, keep up with them, essentially. It's hard playing younger dudes, especially when you get old. I mean, you look at us, we go to, like, the park or something, we're playing against teenagers, and we're playing a full-court game for a couple hours. We're going to be dead after game one, so that's sort of how I see this right now. Like, maybe in the first half, the old team, like the Heat, for example, will be able to keep up. But in the second half, when LaMelo Ball is just running the ball down their throats, you know, it's tough to keep up when you're playing at that pace. And you got Ish Smith coming in the game afterwards, too. Like, Ish Smith is closing games for them right now because he plays so fast. And LaMelo hasn't been good the last couple of games. But um, it's interesting to watch, obviously, because Miles Bridges turned into the Harrison Barnes of the East and <laughs> putting up 30 points per game somehow, even though his game is, like, extremely limited. It makes no sense, but it's working so far. Yeah, I guess we should have talked about Harrison Barnes being the best player in the world also, but we'll save yeah. that for another day. Yeah, I think that's why Josh actually had stomach or food poisoning, because like, he cannot believe what he's seeing in Harrison Barnes. <laughs> yeah, that game where <laughs> he's he like, this isn't night. real. Oh, man. Good God. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> Yo, Black Falcon, man. Don't, don't disrespect it. Yeah, Josh was a non-believer. Barnes for All-Star. Oh, yeah, Sacramento in the play-in game, that's for sure, man. Just watch. <laughs> I'll take Minnesota <laughs> over them. I, I mean, I would take Minnesota too, but I think they're still going to be in the play-in, in the play-in game. One By the way, games. speaking of, I know we're jumping topics here, but Anthony Edwards has to be probably my favorite young player to watch now. John Morant? Um, I saw some... John Morant's up there for sure. Uh, the only thing is John Moran, I, I fear for his injury concerns. Like, I think in the long term, I think Anthony Edwards will have a better career than John Moran. What? Whoa. Wow. Yeah. That's an interesting take. I mean, I can wow, see it, that's... but I, I don't think that's going to happen. I, I think Anthony Edwards is going to be like a, a top five, 10 player in the league, top 15 in probably in two or three years. He, like, he can do it all. Like, he's still in his second year. He He seems way more durable as a player. Uh, and he's getting a lot of the key learning opportunities that young players need. Like, he's playing on a team that is not that competitive, but he's getting the ball a lot. Um, he's p- getting his ball handlings improved. Uh, he's getting to the rim. He has some crazy highlights. He has, honestly, he has all the tools to be a top 15 player, top 10 player. Yeah. I mean, he is six foot seven. He's huge for his size, too. Super strong. His three-point shot has improved so far this year, but I don't know. I, I would still take Jaw. I just would the definitely injuries. take Jaw. It's just the injuries yeah. with Jaw. I think I think Jaw's ceiling is higher than Anthony Edwards. I think yeah. Edwards has a like if you lo- just looked at it, uh, like I don't know from a percentage-wise kind of thing. Like the odds of Edwards's career ending better are higher. But I think Jaws' ceiling is like through the roof, like MVP caliber ceiling. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't like, think Edwards uh, is ever going to be that good. Really, he'll be consistently I, uh, solid. Like I, I'm looking right now. If you if you can name a shooting guard that has more promise than Anthony Edwards, that's like in like under four years of experience, I'd be surprised. Yeah, you yeah. got a point. Yeah. But like, you know, like the, John Moranton is like what third year, third year is a year older. But like shooting guard, especially like there's not much competition in point guard. There's Luca, there's Trey that are obviously the young guards. Like there's younger guards like Halliburton, 
um, who are not obviously at that level, but like, and even there's LaMelo Ball. Um, there's a lot of young, promising point guards, but are there a lot of young, promising shooting guards that are playing this well in the first three years of their career? I don't think so. So you're saying buy Timberwolves stock. It's good. I like that. No, no, I'm saying buy Anthony Edwards stock. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're buying Anthony Edwards stock, you're assuming the Timberwolves are going to be good, right? If he's going to be that Unless good, then the Timberwolves should be a playoff team. Unless he forces his way out on a rookie contract. <laughs> Unless he's Zion. Yeah. All right. Well, that was that was very nice. Anything else you guys want to touch on before we hit Stats Corner here? I mean, if it's up to me, I just keep trashing on the Lakers, but I don't think we want that. Yeah, and I, I'm just going to say that this year has had probably the craziest start to the off-court drama I've seen in the NBA in a while. And now it's just annoying. Nah, I, I still enjoy it. Like, in between the game time, I, I, I need to hear about what's happening in Philly. Uh, all this stuff about Dallas and Bob. Um and uh, it's honestly, it's it's all good because it's all interesting stuff that's happening in the NBA and I'm here to consume it. Well, I'll give you your fix. Doc Rivers just said a shoot around and Ben Simmons was shooting a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, put that in your veins, Raj. Ooh. Yeah, I'm going to inject it. Let's get the IV going. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Great update. All right, let's go on to Stats Corner, Josh. All right, so we'll go to the basics. The first uh, four to five games of the year. Can you guys name the top teams in terms of offensive and defensive rating? We will start with defensive rating. Who are the best defenses thus far? Oh. Talk to him about the 4-0 Chicago Bulls, boy. Number two at 97.7. <laughs> Man, the DeMar DeRozan led Chicago Bulls. That number's about to go way up, by team. the way, after tonight. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, one of the things we haven't talked about yet is how many three-pointers the Knicks are taking this year. I think they're second in the league in terms of shot attempts from three. And then I think they're like third in field goals made from three. So they've made a big change this year, and it's been interesting to watch. But oh, go ahead, Raj. Hold on, hold on. Sorry, before you go, Raj. Uh, I love putting out these like one or the other things. Who would you rather have playing on your team if you were just playing pickup at like the Y or something? Would you rather have Julius Randle? Like iso ball Julius Randle? Or iso ball Jason Tatum? I'd probably take Tatum. Because they're both if rough. I, yeah, I'd take I would too. Tatum for if I'm trying to win. If I'm trying to bully some team, I'm taking Randall. Yeah, if you're playing oh, in man, a jail I... ball setting, you'll take Randall because he'll just like beat people up in the paint. But if you're <laughs> trying to win a regular game, then Tatum's better. So. Yeah, but who would you want to be a teammate of is what I'm asking. Neither, but probably Tatum more. Because <laughs> you're never going to win. True. All right, Raj. Sorry, please continue. This has to be a team that we didn't talk about, but it has to be the Miami Heat. Number one, 92 defensive rating so far. 92? That Kyle Lowry wow. effect, man. Wow. Even though he was hurt for like two games. <laughs> <laughs> the wow. hustle. Tyler Hero effect. I saw, I saw Duncan Robinson block a jump shot the other day. Well, I was impressed. Yeah, That's from behind, that one. but you know. <laughs> Uh, give me Utah. Yep, number four. You guys are off to a good start. Ninety-nine defensive rating. Hmm. Uh, I'm gonna say uh, the long guys, uh, the Toronto Raptors, <laughs> just outside the top five. 
at 100.4. They are number six. Oof, okay. Them long right. boys. Long boys. <laughs> uh, give me two more guesses on one each. Let's go with another long team. Atlanta? Yeah. Atlanta's Number long. three, 98. Yeah. Wow. Reddish and Hunter are actually healthy this year? And no Gallinari so far? I think he played in the <laughs> last game, me. but they just have too many guys yeah. now. A lot yeah, of they, wing players. Gonna, yeah, they're going to have to make an adjustment. Yeah. How do we get how do we get Solomon Hill any playing time with all these guys? You know? <laughs> yeah, not gonna happen. <laughs> all right, Raj, finish this off here. Oh man, I'm, <clears throat> I'm not gonna say the Warriors because they've been in a few shootouts. Uh dare I say the Timberwolves? Yes, yes, number five, ninety-nine defensive rating. T Wolves wow. are a new team this year. Very nice. And they beat the Milwaukee Bucks last night. I would not have guessed the Timberwolves as a good defense. That's incredible. I just looked I looked at the teams that had three and one starts and I'm like, uh, there has to be a team that's winning. <laughs> I mean last fair, year they, fair, they fair. started the same way and then their uh, Twitter account um basically, you know, tweeted out saying, you know, we're all the haters now after being I think they're three 0 last year. And then of course yep. the end of the year in the twelfth uh, seed. So cursed them. Can't do that. Hopefully it doesn't happen this year. Yep. All right, so we'll go opposite now. Offensive rating. Who are the top five teams? Uh, let's go with my John Morant Grizzlies. Number one, 115 offensive Oof. rating. 115. Not bad. Not let's bad. Go, let's go with the other undefeated team, the Golden State Warriors. Number six at uh, 111. Okay, I got this one. There's one team you're definitely not going to get, but we'll see. Hmm. Good offense, eh? Uh, if you have one, throw it out. Throw it out. Charlotte. Charlotte is number two, 114.8 offensive rating. I've talked about them running and gunning. <laughs> uh, Milwaukee can't be up there, are they? They've been like oddly disappointing so far. Uh, they're number seven so far. <laughs> Very disappointing. <laughs> Defending champs, man. The other hmm. teams are in... I guess there's one team from the West, but there's two teams from the East. Throw it up to Atlanta. Atlanta is... Never a good sign when I'm taking this long. I don't think they're in the top <laughs> 10. They're number 12. Oh, Oof. Wow. Uh, Utah? Utah's number five at 113. Mm. The last two teams are in the East. The Hassan oh. Whiteside, Utah Jazz. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, how about the Boston Celtics? Boston is not in the top five. They are 17. Okay, I just thought they had a few high-scoring games. So Their efficiency has not been good, though. We need two more East? Two more East. One of the teams I already mentioned like in the last 10 minutes, and then the other team you're probably just not going to get. One of the teams you just mentioned? Yeah, I mentioned them in the last five minutes of the podcast, shooting a lot of threes. Oh. Bebop. Go for it. The Knicks. Bebop. (laughs) (laughs) The Knicks are at 113. And the last team, since you're not going to get it, the Philadelphia 76ers, surprisingly, at 114. What? Yo, it's because Ben hell? Simmons has been shooting a lot of threes, guys. 
Oh my goodness. Who the hell is scoring for Philly? They're just taking a lot of threes, and I guess they're going in so far. Huh. That's surprising. Is Denny Green actually contributing now? (laughs) Remember the first game they played? He shot like two air balls in crunch time. (laughs) That sounds like the Denny Green I know. (laughs) Then he was trying on Twitter. As usual. (laughs) Man, that guy gets shot on so much. (laughs) Well, good stats corner, Josh. Nice way to ease ourselves back into this. It's been a while since we've done any uh, any stats looking, other than for fantasy purposes, you know. We'll try to make it consistent. We're just like harder. We're just shaking off the rust. Yo, okay. <laughs> who, who looks harder than her, uh, Luka Doncic? Harden. Yeah. It, it, it's close, But Doncic though. also low-key fat right now. Yeah. He always comes in the season looking this way. It makes me wonder. If he just permanently <laughs> is going to be like this? I mean, maybe. Maybe that's why he's so good, too. Because, you know, when he gets in the lane, he just bumps dudes and they just fall backwards. So maybe it's a good thing. <laughs> he might need that uh, Jokic diet plan, you know. He's going to start riding horses in the summer. That could be the <laughs> trick to all of this. <laughs> Makes you wonder if he actually had gotten shape, would his game still be as good? I don't know. <laughs> Luca? Yeah. Not till he develops a better three. Like, his step back needs to be more consistent. Otherwise, like whenever you can see it, whenever he gets into trouble or like if he's feeling cold, he just pounds the paint. And since he's bigger than like every guard out there, he just bodies them inside. So, I mean, if I were him, I would keep that weight on. Who cares? Yeah, you can keep running out there. Like it hasn't really slowed him down in any fourth quarters. In the playoffs, we've seen what he does. He gets even better. He's kind of like Jokic that way. So, fuck it, man. Run that weight. Not everyone needs to be skinny like Kevin Durant. Can you imagine Luca look like Kevin Durant? His game would be <laughs> terrible. <laughs> yeah, he'd be ass. All right, guys. Well, I guess that's all the time we have for this week. It's nice to be back finally talking about real basketball and not goddamn Ben Simmons and Kyrie Irving all the time. So <laughs> I want to thank everyone for listening. Please remember to rate and subscribe on iTunes. Leave us those comments, those five-star reviews. Thank you very much. You can find us on all the podcast platforms spotify stitcher all the big ones we're on instagram and twitter at hoops corner pod and until next time peace